lesson tonight. Anybody have another blessing you want to share tonight with us? Any blessings? All right. Okay. That is good. Yes, that is good. It is good to see that in a place like that, and how many people they can reach. I'll give you a story of that. I went, went to Big E, and there's actually this church supports us. I work here, and I was walking down, and my wife and I were walking down, and there was this, these people passing tracks, and they had a little a little house, a little, a little church, like designed like a church. So we walk in, we watch the little movie that they have about salvation, a little short, three, I think three or four minutes movie. It was a blessing. It came out, you know, I told them we were Christians. And, uh, and I told them I really appreciate what you folks do. And right here, just passing tracks to people. And people were taking it. It was a blessing. So and it was a blessing to hear that they do that. And that feel. what a great, a great opportunity just to go there and do that. That's a blessing. That is a blessing to hear that. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes, Brother Tom. That is, is a blessing to be saved. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. How wonderful it is to know the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a blessing. Hey, if you open your Bibles in 2 Samuel chapter 22. 2 Samuel chapter 22. We're almost done. We were getting close to the end of the book of 2 Samuel. And uh, 23 and 24, we're almost there. <laughs> so, anyway, if you look at verse 1, we're going to read here. And tonight is the King's Song. That's the name of the title of the message tonight. So look at verse, 20, uh, verse 1 of chapter 22. And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all of his enemies and out of the hand of Saul, the hand of Saul. And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Verse 3 says, The God of, of my rock, in him I will trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my savior. Thou, sayest, thou savest me from violence. I will call on the name of the Lord who is worthy to be praised so shall I be saved from mine enemies. That's verse 1 all the way to verse 4. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this great song here that we find here in this chapter of Second Samuel. Lord, may we have a song in our hearts as well as we go from day to day, uh, as we serve you with the life that you give us. May we have a song to sing to you, Lord. Lord, meet with us tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I was going to say you may be seated, but you're already seated. So, <laughs> so right here we're talking about a, the king's song. So David has done it all right here. When he got to this part of, of, of 2 Samuel, he had observed the journey. If, if we have observed the journey of David's life, and we have seen him revealed to be the shepherd, a soldier, uh, a singer, uh, a sinner, of course. He has been known as the son of Jesse, uh, the... Uh, uh, named the king, uh, David the king in Second Chronicles 17, 16, a man after God's own heart, a sweet, 
uh, psalmist of Israel or the sweet psalmist of Israel. But now David is nearly the end of his life right here when we come to this chapter. So the shadows are growing uh, uh, long for David and time has begun to take us tall in this great king's life. So he's aging. He's getting to the end of the road. And I tell you folks, the same thing for all of us. We, uh, at one point in our lives, we will get to the end of the road. And, you know, we, as we get to the end of the road, things slow down. You know, I observe my sweet mom, and as she's slowing down, you know, on the way she walks and the way she stands up, I said, Mom, stand up straight. She can't stand up straight. But uh, uh, David right here is an is, is old man, so he's getting to the end of the road right here. But anyway, um, uh, where was I? Um, uh, the shadows, I'm sorry, are growing long for David, and time has begun to take us taller in the great king's life. Second Samuel 21, 15 and 17 looks about this. T- tells us, actually, that David went out to battle and was nearly killed by a Philistine giant. He was saved by his nephew and forbidden from going out to fight anymore. And we know that David was a man of war. Don't we know that, Ham? He was known to be a man of war. And David almost lost his life there. And, of course, they tell him, you're not going to battle anymore because we need you here as a king. So he was saved. So, so the days of battle have ended for King David. He knows that he's nearly the end of his, of his earthly race. So perhaps it was during this, these, those long days in the palace that David began to reflect back on the life lived for the Lord. David has achieved great greatness. We know that as we look at his life. He is a mighty king ruler, ruling a great kingdom. His kingdom is a, a, it was not a kingdom of peace. It was a lot of bloodshed, because, but he did it. But he had a heart for God. This man was a man after God's own heart. God has given him victory over victory. So if you look at the life of David, it was victory after victory. God was with him. So as David remembered where the Lord found him, and all that the Lord had done for him, David took his pen and, and in his hand and began to write this chapter right here. Let me tell you this. If we look at the day when we got saved, when God reached out to us, and when He had done in our lives uh, since that day, because it was just the beginning, since that day, ain't God good? Ain't God good? I mean, I know, I know some people been saved in... Christian homes, they've been, always saw, saw a Bible around them. Uh, some got saved in a little age. Some got saved adult. I got saved as an adult. But I tell you what, don't matter where you got saved or what time you got saved, I think that's a sweet time to look back and say, Lord, what a wonderful uh, time, the, the time that you reach out to me. And David right here is going to share with us his heart in this song. So, so as you may know, Psalm uh, 22 is almost identical to, I mean, I'm sorry, as you know, 2 Samuel chapter 22 is almost identical to Psalm 18. There are only a few words that are different in, the, in, in, the, in these two versions of, of this great song. So some scholars actually believe that this was the last song written by David. If so, if so, it is the song of his old age. So it is a song of joy, victory, and praise written at the close of a, of a race well run. So reading this song is like reading all the David's uh, psalms roll into one. This is the song of a king, King David, right here. So as David writes about his own walk with the Lord, he gives uh, us some insight into our walk with the Lord as well. We are reminded of who God is and what 
He does for His children. So tonight I, I would like to examine this great song. We're going to look at it. Okay, you ready for that? Okay, so I would like for us to get a glimpse of God who is worthy of our praise. We sing praises to Him tonight, worthy of our worship, and worthy of our songs. And so, you know, you say, Pastor, I can't carry a tune. I don't think God really cares. Do you think? I mean, I don't think God really cares. God cares about the hearts and what's in here, if you carry a tune or not. It's just what your heart and how you express those words. I tell you what, when we sing, sing it. When you're out there in the world and you feel like singing, sing it. And if somebody says to you, this is not church here, keep on singing. <laughs> keep on singing, you know. So let's look at the king's song from several points. You ready? So number one, the king sings to a personal God. The king sings to a personal God. We all know here that David was a man after his own heart. David was a man who loved the Lord all the days of his life. He doesn't, it doesn't mean that he didn't make mistakes. He made many mistakes like we all do. Right, Robert? We all make mistakes. When we have a great God, what we can see right here, that is a song to, dedicated to a personal God. That meant something to him. He wrote that song to his God. So, folks, one thing that many people don't understand is about us having a relationship with God. People always look at me. How could you, a pastor, say you're not religious? I'm not. How could you say that? Because I'm not religious. I have a relationship right. with my Savior, with the God of all creation. He is my Heavenly Father. Oh, are you religious? They don't get it. They don't get it. Because I keep telling them, I keep telling them that a, um, I'm sorry, that um, religion is not good. A relationship, a big difference between one and the other. But right here we see that David sings to a personal God. So letter A, he sings of a personal relationship. Look what it says in verse 2. And he said, the Lord is, what he says, look what it says, my rock. And look what it says again, and my fortress. And look what it says, and my deliverer. You see the my's right here? Look at verse 3. The, the, the God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my Savior. Thou savest me from violence. You see the my's right here? My, my, my. What he's talking about? It is a close relationship with God. He's calling God his God. Wow. So, ten times in these two verses, David uses the, the possessive personal pronouns, my and me. He's talking about the relationship that he has with God, and he lets us know that is a personal one. It's not like he's over there somewhere, he's over there somewhere. It's a personal relationship. So David used the word, the word my and me, uh, 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 my and me puts me in mind of a small child. So ch children know all about my and me, right? This is mine, this is mine. Children are like that, right? Uh, you know, you, <laughs> you go, uh, a child goes to a playground, and then the one that's the most rough of them before you know, he takes all the toys. This is mine. This is mine. This is mine. So kids know what, what it means to, to say mine. The David, so to speak, is using that word, my God, my 
Savior. He keeps going with that. That wouldn't mind. And me, so, <laughs> so David seems to have a childlike love for the Lord. I'll tell you what. It's good to have a childlike love for God. Innocence. When people say to you, oh, what about this and about that? And you say, I don't know. Isn't that what children do? Children do that. They go, oh, I don't know. They're so innocent. What's your mom's name? Mommy. What's your dad's name? Daddy. What's their name? I don't know. Mommy, Daddy. They're, they're so innocent. It's, it's that innocence right here. In that, in that, David is actually going that way to say, is a childlike love uh, uh, that, that David is experiencing right here. In fact, Psalm 18.1 adds this statement, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. So the word love is that verse, uh, and that verse means love deeply uh, 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 with compassion. So there was no question that if you met King David, you would know that David was a man that loved God. And he was a king. It didn't change him. So in, uh, it were, uh, a word was used as like a, a as word was used like a mother's love for her baby. It carries the idea of a, of a, of a profound snuggling, hugging love. That's the love that David had for God. It is, it is the, the image of a mother cuddling her newborn baby. You ever see a mother cuddling her newborn baby? You see the love and the affection there? That was David. You say, wow. I think that's we all Christians we should have. That cuddling, loving love for God. That's when he first, you know Jesus said, love God will tell you heart, mind, and soul, and strength. That was David. You say, well, but David was not perfect. No, he was not. Neither am I and neither are you. We all make serious mistakes in our lives. So, note this, friend. Do you have that kind of personal, intimate relationship with God? It is not enough to know about Him. You have to know Him. It is not enough to know that others believe about Him. You have to know Him and believe in Him yourself. That's why he says, my God, you have to humble yourself as a little child and cling to him by faith. Do you have a personal relationship like that? You say, Pastor, I'm not there. Why not? We know the God that David knows, don't we? We know him. It's the same God. We can have as a close relationship with God as David had. It's the desire of our hearts, the commitment of our hearts. So let it be, we see, sings of a powerful relationship. And going to, we see this from verse 2 all the way to verse 4 and verse 5, verse 6 and verse 7. It's look, it says in verse 4, we already read the other verse. It says, I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Look at that. What a statement. So I, I, uh, so I uh, be saved from my enemies. When the waves of death compassed me, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The sneers of death prevented me. In my distress, look what he says, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God, and he did hear my voice out of his temple, and my cry did enter into his ears. Wow, what a powerful relationship. You see the faith, the relationship he had with God right here? He sings of a powerful... Can you imagine singing a song like this? 
Okay, but the, the words that come out, like he doesn't make like you, you, you go like, oh, wow. Uh, so David knows the Lord as a Savior and also as, uh, uh, yeah, and also as a sanctuary. God is the place of, that David runs in times of trouble. He tells us that God uh, is his rock, his shield, his safety, his security, his supply, and his sanctuary. And on top of that, his Savior. Wow. David is saying that the Lord is all he needs in time of trouble. When you were kids, when you were kids, I don't know, you just use your mind, all right? I don't know. But I, I remember this, okay? Then I tell you how old I was. <laughs> when you were a kid, did you ever like get in trouble or, or got scared and you ran home and, and you looked for mommy's hug because you were afraid? Did you ever done that? I mean, I couldn't go to my father because he was not home. So I had to go to my mom. And, ah, and my mom was like, what's the matter? What's the matter? And he would be hugging in there. I had to be like five, six, I don't know, seven. And I remember those days. You know, when I'm afraid, when I'm in trouble, I rent to mom. <laughs> I rent to mom because she was my protector. David runs to God. Can you imagine that? He runs to God. That same childlike love. He runs to God. That's what he says here in this song. This is the kind of blessing all those who know the Lord can enjoy. His ears are ever open to our cries. Jeremiah 33.3, Isaiah 65.24. He invites us to flee to Him in the hour of trouble. Matthew 11.28, 1 Peter 5.7, Psalm 55.22. When we do, we will feel, he, we will feel, find Him to be all David declared him to be and more. He truly is all that we need. I uh, read today, not yesterday, uh, somebody put on Facebook and said, the church is in trouble today. Someone said something, I didn't, I just was reading, and, and somebody said something. The world's church is in trouble. God's church never been in trouble. That was a great statement. I was like, wow, that's good. God's church, you know, God is keep. He knows exactly where His children are. He knows where this church is. But that was fun. I just wanted to share that with you. That was profound. I like that statement. Let us see. He sings of a profound relationship. Look at verse 8. It says, Then the earth shook and trembled, the foundations of the heaven moved and shook be, uh, because he was wrought. There, uh, in verse 9, There went up a smoke out of his nostrils, a fire out of his mouth, devouring uh, coals uh, were kindled by it. And he bowed the heavens also and, and came down, and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon cher cherubim and did fly, and he was seen upon the wings of the wind. David goes into great detail as he speaks of how, how God moved in power to defend him and to sustain him. He tells us that God worked in miracle, mir mir miraculous uh, power time and time again just to deliver David from those who wanted to destroy him. And we went through this through the book of 2 Samuel, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, uh, Samuel, Samuel. We see that God over and over again giving David victory after victory. Why did God do this for David? Look at verse 20. He brought me forth in, 
also into a large place. He delivered me because, look what it says, he delighted in me. Why did God do this for David? Because God delighted in the fate of David. Wow. You say, can God do that for me? Yes, he can. And he will. God wants us to love him with everything we got. And he says, why God did all this? Because verse 20 is a great answer right here. Because he delighted in David. The word delighted means he took pleasure in David. God plea, I mean, God blessed David, protect David, sustained David because God loved him and took pleasure in their relationship. God seems to be saying, David, you are, is my child. I love him. I want to bless him just because I can. And I will do whatever I have to do to protect him and provide for him. That is a profound relationship, isn't it? You say, Pastor, what about me? Can God love me that way? He does. He does. Problem is us. Many times we don't love him back with that intensity. But he loves us. Note this. All those who know God enjoy the same relationship. Remember, it's the same God. God will move heaven and earth to meet the needs of his children. This can be seen many times in the Bible. For an example, Elijah and the widow, the three Hebrew boys, the 5,000. Uh, the disciples on the boat. Actually, we can go on and on with many stories. And you can read story after story through the ages how God came to the rescue of His children. I believe you have stories you can tell me about how God came to the rescue, to rescue you and to help you along. Can I have a witness? Of course. I can tell you many stories how God just continually protects us and provides for us and keeps going on and on. So here is, is this, we see his promises in, in uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 32, Matthew chapter 6, verse 35 and 34. If we, we read this for the sake of time. We're not going to read it. But if you read these chapters, you will know, uh, these verses, you will know how God cares about us. See, the, the thought that the God of the universe would condescend to bless us just because he takes pleasure in us is 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 this the thought is is too profound how can the creator of all things have 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 pleasure in me and loves me with such a deep love when many times i'm not very lovable and i think is that something worth singing about isn't it i think it is praising his name i think it is May we never get tired of praising God. May we never get tired of praising God. May we always, always be willing to sing, be willing to praise Him, because you know what? He is worthy of our praise. He is something worth shouting about, our great King. So number one, we see the King, saw, uh, the king sings to a, person, um, to a personal God. Number two, the King sings... Of a God who sustains him. You see this from verse 21 to verse 30. Not only did David know God uh, uh, is a savior, in a saving relationship, he also knew him in a sustaining relationship. God had delivered Saul from death, and he had delivered David from harm and danger in many occasions. Letter A, through times of temptation. 
David tells us uh, that God and enable him to remain true to the Lord and to keep his word. Now, David is not declaring that he had never sinned. Don't misunderstand here. He knows better. He knew that I have sinned. David had sinned and he had done so terrible in a terrible fashion. He was guilty of adultery, murder, and deception. David is referring to, in a, to, a, a, to a God that is a forgiving God. Listen, this, this relationship that we have with our great God, the great creator, is that this. He chooses to forgive us and forget and so we can go on. He doesn't go to us, remember that day you did this, remember that day you did that. That's not our God. He forgives and forgets and, and he moves on and, and he wants us to keep looking at him. That's why he says his mercies are new every morning. Isn't that great? Amen. Through the times of temptation. Don't you glad when you attempted and you asked God to help you and God took you out of it? Aren't you glad because you know in your own strength you could not do it? You couldn't do it. I know. Especially when I have my uh, trail mix nuts at work. <laughs> I, uh, I, I say, just one. And I open the container, just one. Just one. Then I go away, just one. And before you know it, half of the container is gone. I was like... Lord, I need your help, because every time I look at that thing, I want to eat it. And I Lord, close it down and put it in your bag. And I close it down, put it in my bag. <laughs> and one time I was so tempted, I said, Lord, I cannot resist that thing. I keep going to that thing. Lord says, give it to you. Give it to somebody. And uh, well, my supervisor walks by and said, do you want some trail mix? And he goes, sure, open your hands. <laughs> put the whole thing in there. Temptation was gone. <laughs> you see? God is the one who gives us, this is a silly example, but anyway, God is the one who gets us out of those temptations. Don't you glad that we had victory in those times of temptation? Let it be through times of testing. Look at verse 29. Uh, it says, For thou art my lamp, O Lord, and the Lord will light my darkness. There was many times when David did not, did, did not, uh, uh, didn't know which way to, to turn in life, in those times, God has been his guiding light there. Remember, he was in a cave somewhere hiding. And everywhere you go, hey, go Saul after him, try to kill him. Can you imagine living that way? Can you imagine? Think about it. Can you imagine living that way? Running from place to place because somebody's on your, on your tail. So God had revealed the next, the, the next step of, uh, in, the pet, uh, in, the, in the pet time and time again. He had given his, uh, uh, us his word, Psalm 119, verse 105, in his spirit, John 16, uh, 13, to do the same uh, for us today. Can God uh, uh, help us in, in testing times? Of course. Let us see. Through times of trials. Look at verse 30. For by thee I have run uh, through a troop. By my God have I leaped over a wall. So God has enabled David to enjoy victory over his enemies. David had been able to achieve the impossible uh, time and time again because God had sustained him through every single test. Let me put it this. How many trials have you been through in your life? I lost count. I honest with you, I lost count. And the older you get, the more you, you live longer, the more trials you have in your life. 
I went through many trials. I went with my parents when we were little kids. My mom was in the hospital for six months. And we didn't know when my dad would come home and literally I'll watch my dad crying. And we thought mommy was going was to die. That was hard. I was seven years old. I can't even, I can't even go behind, before that. So trials after trials after trials. Life is made sometimes have sour things that we don't want to think about it. But I mean, I think all of us know about this. We all have trials. How many trials? Countless times. Aren't you glad that God was there for you through those trials? Note this, the saints of God enjoy the same kind of relationship with our Father. In times of temptation, He gives us the strength to overcome it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, Ephesians 6, 12 to 13. In times of testing and trials, He supports us with His presence. Hebrews 13, 5, Matthew 28, 20. He sustains us with His power. Ephesians 3, 20. He supplies us with His uh, with His promise. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, Psalm 55, 20. Thank God that He is a God who sustains His people that, through, uh, that, uh, that ought to fill our hearts with songs of praises. I tell you what, every day, every day we should praise Him because He is a great God. So we see, number one, the, king's, the king sings to a personal God. Number two, the king sings to a, of a God who sustains Him. And number three, the king sings of a God who, who strengthens. So David, David's life has been of, of one warfare and conflict after another. Can you imagine? How would you, how would you do living from one war to another war? Constantly, on the run, constantly fighting, constantly tries to survive. But through the, to all the battles and all the problems, God has sustained him and strengthened in him. David sings about the God who took care of him, giving him victory after victory, and the God who strengthened in him, that was a great God. So let A, the Lord had protected him. Look at verse 31. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a bucklet to all them that are trust in him. Folks, trust is more than just say, I trust. Trust is a very strong word. And he says right here, I said he is a bucklet, a bucklet to all, not to some, all them that trust in Him. Here's the question. How much do I trust God? How much do you trust God? And God says to all, not means just to David, it's to all of His children that really trust Him. Look at verse 32. It says, For who is God save the Lord's? And who is a rock save our God? God is my strength and power, and He maketh my way perfect. Verse 34, He maketh my feet like Hink's feet, and setteth me upon my, um, uh, upon my high places. So David declares the Lord to be His strength and His source of power. Verse 33, the Lord had guarded him. Verse 31, God had enabled him to flee from danger like a, like a deer. Verse 34, God had been His rock and had lifted him up. From every battle. Folks, how many battles do we face every day? Don't we face battles? Might not be with the sword like David, but we face battles every day. All the time. For an example, I give you out a battle that I had today. 
I was uh, closing a job that somebody was working in. I'm saying the workplace, that's where I was. And those three guys are uh, kind of having this laugh, like little hyenas, you know? You ever see a hyena laugh? This laugh. And I didn't say anything, and suddenly my name is called. And I look back, and I said, what's the matter? They were making mockery of my God and try to get me in. I tell you, folks, on those occasions, in those hours, I don't care about uh, politically correctness. My God is my God, is my Heavenly Father, and you're going to hear it. You know why? In a loving, cunning way, I quiet the hyenas. I did. And I said to them, you know, all three offended me. They said, why? Because you mocking my God. He's not your God, he's my God. And I just walked away. See, we get ourselves facing those situations sometimes. And you know what? Sometimes we have to stand up and say something. So let it be. God had prepared him. Look at verse 35. He teacheth my hands to war. Who told David how to fight? God did. Who gave you the abilities that you have? God did. I didn't pick the abilities that, that I have. God gave it to me. You know, I was not, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't, I was not born of my mom and came out with this big, big plaque and say, I can do this, 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 this. It just doesn't happen that way. You know, you just cry and, you know, your mother calling you. So, you, you know, God gave you this, those abilities. So, look what it says right here. He teaches my hands to war, so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy, of, thy, of thy salvation, and thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps me on, uh, under me, so that my feet did not slip. You see what he looks at here? God has prepared a way for David. The Lord has taught David to, uh, uh, the art of war. God, uh, God had, had, had instructed David in the tactics necessary for victory. So the lesson has served David well, but also for us. God gives all these gifts to us, and he helps us, and he prepares us. Let us see. God had promoted him. And we see this from all the way from verse 38 all the way to verse 46. Can you say, like, what a song. <laughs> this is a great song. If you look at the words of this song, you go, wow. I mean, I would love to hear David singing this song, to be honest with you. So look what it says. I have pursued my enemies and destroyed them and turned not again until I had consumed them. I have consumed them and wounded them, and they could not arise. Yea, they have fallen under my feet, for they have girled me with strength to battle. Then that rose up against me, and thou subdue under me. Uh, thou hast also given me the, the necks of my enemy, that I might destroy them that hate me. They looked, but there was none to save, even unto the Lord, but he answered them not. Then did I beat them as small as the dust of the earth. I did stamp them as the mire of a street, and, I, and did spread them abroad. 
that also had delivered me from this striving of my people, though has kept me uh, to be head of the heathen, a people which I knew not, uh, I'm sorry, a people which I knew not shall uh, serve me. Strangers shall submit uh, them, uh, themselves unto me. As soon as they, they hear, they shall be obedient unto me. Strangers shall fade away, and they shall be afraid out of these their close places. And it goes on all the way to verse, look at verse 47. The Lord liveth, and bless, blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of the rock of my salvation. He is God that avenged me, and that bringeth down the people under me, and that bringeth me forth from my enemies, that also lifted me up, and high above them that rose upon against me, that has delivered me from the violent man. You see, David, over and over in this song, what is he doing? He's praising his God. That's what he's doing. God has taken David from obscurity, from a little shepherd, to a palace. That's what God did for him. Became the king of Israel. God had even elevated David above all of his opponents. Every enemy had been placed under David's feet, and he had walked in absolute victory over all of his foes. So, folks, David enjoyed what we all long for, absolute victory. Don't we all want to walk in victory? We want to walk in victory. All of us do. But let me tell you, we have victory in Jesus. Folks, we're not defeated. We're not in, the, in, the, in losing battle over here. What's going to happen? Jesus is coming. We're going to be raptured out of this world. We're going to heaven to the great marriage supper of the Lamb. And what happens after that? The beam of seed of Christ, marriage supper of the Lamb. What happens after that? We're coming back. Rule and reign with Jesus for a thousand years. Isn't that great? And after that, what's going to happen? A new heaven, a new earth. You see that? We're living in victory. So let's, leave, let's live in victory in this earth right now. So yes, promise us the victory, 2 Corinthians 2.14, Romans 8.31, and verse 37, 1 Corinthians 15.57. Regardless of what you face, know that God is always leading you towards victory in your life. And one day, He will allow you to sing the same song of praise that David offered, I hope so, in verse 47. So your path may lead you through weakness and seem, seem like sometimes we think we defeated. But I tell you what, in Christ, we have victory. Number four, the king sings of a God who secures. David closes song of songs. He takes a moment to look back, to look around, and to look ahead. He sings finally of a God who secures. Let's look at this. Look at verse 50. Therefore, I like that word therefore. You know what that word means? After all that I said, I come to a conclusion. He said, Therefore, it's not like, pay attention, therefore, oh, it says, I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, I will sing praises unto whom? Thy name. Wow. When the world is saturated with all kinds of music, I'm not saying all music is bad, but all kinds of music, praising the world, God tells us, you praise me. May we always have a song in our heart praising our Savior. Tell you what, that's, to me, those, those hymns of the faith never get old. 
It just takes place in your heart. <laughs> and you just find yourself singing. Anyway, so we see letter A, security is a past arrangement. We see this in verse 15. The word therefore calls to, to mind backwards. Like I told you all this stuff. I've been singing this. I'm thinking, but no, therefore, David examines the landscape of all the years that passed in his life. He does, he sees the clear hand of God. And, and, and as God lead him, uh, led him, said, kept him and bless him. David sees that his past has been a time of absolute security. You know, sometimes the same thing. If you look back in your life, I believe you will see the security of the Lord guiding you right all along. If you do a survey and look back in our lives, God has been there. I like that picture, uh, the footprints and the sins. That's a good demonstration. And once we, sometimes we think we have heavy burden we, and we're sinking in the sin. But it's not us that's sinking in the sin. It's the Lord. Sink, he's the Lord. His feet is sinking in the sin because he's carrying us in our weight with him. That's a great, great picture, that picture. So David sees that this past was an absolute security in his hands. Note this. It would do us good if we... Uh, to take just a minute to look back, look back to where you were when he found you. Where were you? Where were you? Where was I? When the Lord came to rescue me, to rescue you. I remember looking back in my own, my own life, how he tried to reach me to different people. That's why I say, I always encourage you folks, uh, tell, go and tell. Even if they seem like they're not, they're not listening. Oh, believe me. We never know what we do into a human heart. There was people trying to reach me indirectly. And they, were, they were doing and they're doing and they're doing. And the years went by until one day I found himself, myself in a Bible-believing church. Amen. What happened? I just went there just by curiosity or went there by mistake. I think it happened way back here when people began to try to reach and try to say something. Sometimes you say, oh, it's not worth it. I went out on visitation. It's not worth anything. Listen, when we go on visitation, there's always something we can take out of it. Fellowship is always great. Right. You cannot deny that. <laughs> you know what? But people, it might, like I said, I think it was last week I said that, last Sunday, I said, you know what? You might talk into somebody, and somebody in the back room might be listening. Even though the people that talk, you're talking with might not care about what you say. Somebody else might be listening. So he does care. So look back where you were when he found you. I remember exactly where I was when he found me. And I remember the first time I walked in that church. And I remember, I thought the, the, the pastor, he prepared that message for me that, that first Sunday I went there. Because it seemed like he was speaking to me. And I felt like, ooh, this guy, what is, how he knows about me? No, that was God talking to me. And I needed to hear that. And believe me, the first Sunday I walked out of that church, I knew that I was lost. I knew. Look back on how he saved you and changed your life. Remember his power, his blessings, and his miracles that have been showered you over and over through the years. Remember how he was, I has delight in you. 
how he has strengthened and sustained you in many occasions. Remember his security in days gone by. You know what? Remember the times you have praised him. Praise him again and again and again. Let it be. Security is a present asset. Look at verse 15, verse 51. Therefore, I will give thanks. I will. Look what he says. I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen. I, and it says, I, and I will sing praises unto thy name. He is the tower of salvation for his king and showed mercy to his anointed unto David and to, the, and to his seed forevermore. David was a very grateful man. And David said, I will, I will do that. As David looks, looks around, he sees the hand of God still working in his life. He, has secure, he was secured in God's power and in, in the past and knows that God still has uh, the, uh, uh, the king's safety in his hand. So regardless of what he, the day may bring, David knows that he is safe in God's hand. Tower of salvation, that word there. The past has been a showcase for God's power in David's life, but he also knows that regardless of what today may bring, God will keep his, children, his child safe. Let me, let me put it this way. The same blessed assurance belongs to us as well. Regardless of what the day may bring, listen to this, regardless of what the day may bring to you and me, we are secured in His hands. Don't ever say, where's God? He's right next to you. He's right inside of you. Thank God we are partakers of His divine providence and we move through all the valleys, trials, and burdens of life. God works in our present just as He had worked in the past. Whatever comes our way is part of His plan and is a product of His love and blessings upon our lives. I tell you what, it don't matter what you go through. God is there and God will get you through. You know, sometimes you know, we have days in our lives that we say, we get at the end of the day, we, we get home or we sit down and say, I don't know how I made it through this day. Ever been there? I don't know how I made it. By the grace of God. That's how we made it. By the grace of God. I've been there too. How in the world did I went through this day? By the grace of God. That's how we make it. In other words, in other words, child of God, uh, let me put it this way, we never lose our salvation. We secured in His hands. Go to John chapter 10, verse 27. I want you to see something here. Keep your finger there in our text. John chapter 27. Look what it says. Because some people do believe this stuff. And they believe that, you know what, if I'm that bad of a person, I will lose my salvation. No, you don't. Look what it says right here. John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep, my sheep. Obviously, if God says mine, it's because we are his, right? My sheep, we are his. Hear my voice. Wow. And I know them, and they follow me. I give unto them, what? Eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hands. My Father, which is given, which give them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Look what he says right here. I and my Father are one. What a great promise that we have here. I tell you what, when we enter into a relationship 
with God. It has, it has a relationship that is for all eternity. God is ours forever. He is our God. And you know what? We can rejoice in that. We can rejoice in that. We have nothing to be afraid of because we are secured in the Lord's hand. What a blessing and what a hope that we have. Isn't that great? Absolutely. No matter what comes our way, where we are in life, what happens to us, God is with us and for us. May we believe that. I conclude with this. No wonder David burst into a song. When David began to think about it and began to think about his God, he burst into a song because the love is just there. I'll tell you what. I never wrote anything so powerful like this, like David did. Never did. But i tell you what. I can look in those verses and I can put those minds as minds. It says, my God, my rock, my tower, my fortress. Tell you folks tonight, and I conclude with this, I believe that our God is worthy of our praise. I, I seriously believe that. I believe that. I believe that you believe the same thing. I believe that you believe that is worthy the time that you spend in church, in the Word of God, reading His Word, listening to His Word. I believe you believe that is worthy, those things. And when you memorize Scripture, even sometimes I know it's hard. But as He is worthy and is worthy because we know who we serve. David was a king. He had everything money could buy. But David had a heart for God. Fortune and wealth didn't mean nothing to him. David loved God. And his love is expressed in the pages of God's word. I tell you what. May we do the same. I tell you what. Until it takes me home. This is my personal testimony. I will praise my God. I will. I don't know what he's going to do to me tomorrow, the day after, a year from now. But whatever I go, I will praise my God because he is worthy to be praised. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful passage of Scripture. Lord, it's powerful. I would love to hear somebody sing this passage of Scripture because it's just the power of the words is so deep and so powerful, Lord. It just it touched my heart in such a way. And I believe it touched people's hearts here tonight as well, and maybe somebody on social media as well. We no doubt, even though David made so many mistakes, Lord, like we all, all of us do, he was a man that had a heart for you. Help us, Lord, to do the same, to have a heart for you constantly. And I believe, Lord, folks here tonight have that desire. Lord, the reason that they are here tonight and they are faithful to the house of God is because they love you. Father, Lord, help us to continually love you and praise your name every time we meet together or even when we alone. Help us, Lord, to lift our voices and sing songs of praises to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.